we should be very careful about artificial intelligence. We are summoning the demon. Today on the Babylon Singularity podcast interview sessions, my guest, Dwayne Roberts, preacher, teacher, minister, basically International House of Prayer legend, has now turned his face and his focus to building the house church movement. Stay tuned. Inspiring faith in Christ and anchoring hope in the age to come. This is the Babylon Singularity Podcast with Peter Herder. Dwayne Roberts, welcome to the show. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited about this. <laughs> I, uh, I roped you into it. We were drinking coffee. And you're like, you got a podcast, huh? I'm like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I've got <laughs> microphones upstairs in my loft, and I've got a computer. Actually, this is quite a little, this is a pretty good little setup here. <laughs> the Babylon Singularity Come on, Studio. Church. No, it, uh, you got a good setup here. And, uh, in, in for me, I, uh, you know, we haven't connected much until just, I mean, we've known each other. How, I hounded you like a dog. No, how long have we known each other? 15, 16 years. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. right? I mean, as long yeah. as I've been married. Yeah. Okay. I, I married into this relationship, <laughs> and I'm glad to. But uh, we've just really connected the last probably three months and had some really, really good conversations. And so I love what's happening in your journey. Yeah. And your thinking and stuff you're chewing on. And so uh, we've been meeting weekly, actually, and it's been fun for me. I've loved it. Okay, cool, cool. Because sometimes I never, like, we we did, we broke the crust, right? We had, we, we kind of, we, we were doing the the high five. Yes, yes. Like, we literally, like, legitimately look at each other and go, man, I love that guy. Yes. I have no idea what's happening in him. Yes. I have no idea what God's story is, totally. you know, at some level. Yeah. But now we're going, you know what, maybe, maybe the Lord has something a little more. So it's, it's been a pleasure for me personally. I can say that that's a fact. And, uh, I mean, I've seen you over there. I mean, you're, you've been the guy on the stage, right? I've, I've been on the guy, I've been the guy watching from the chairs, <laughs> <laughs> Okay. 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 <laughs> but you know, we probably need to back up just a, a titch for, I mean, probably for a, a lot of folks, maybe who is Dwayne? I mean, most folks don't even really know who right. I, they, 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 they are tracking with me. They're like, dude, you talk about artificial intelligence. You talk about technology. Why are you having Dwayne Roberts? Who knows the, nothing about artificial, artificial intelligence. <laughs> right. So, so recently it's so let, let's, let's kind of go back to the, the beginning you, you grow up in, you grow up in Canada. Yep. Okay. And your, your, your dad's a minister. Yep. And I, I mean, I had an unusual experience uh, from six years old to eight years old. Now I can't remember a ton of it, but massively shaped my, I think worldview. I lived in Africa for two years as we were missionaries there. Which part? Uh, Zimbabwe. Oh, so wow. when I was there, it used to be Rhodesia. And just as we left, that's when the civil war broke out wow. and they changed the name to Zimbabwe after that. So then, you know, I, most of my life, 19 is when I left Canada. So you, from early on, you were, you had a sense of call. You had a sense that the Lord had a, a plan. I mean, when I was, you said six years, when I was six years old, I'm, you know, riding skateboards. I'm wearing ACDC shirts. Come on, man. <laughs> we started early in Minnesota. <laughs> so, but, uh, but you're, you're in Africa. Well, I wouldn't say I had a call in, but um, what I am thankful for is it gave me a worldview. There's a lot more than just North America. Yeah. And that really did shape me. You know, Canadians, we think different, differently than Americans anyways. We're better. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Mostly, it's... I used to. I used to disagree with that. I used to like want like want to fight and argue that oh, point. 100%. But now, well, it's, well, right, it's basically you know fifty fifty now with yeah. with all the policies going no, on. But... No, but the, the, it's a lunatic in my opinion who's now leading Canada, anyways. But uh, yeah, but yeah, I grew up in Canada. Yeah, there's Let's a lot more Canada. woods up there. Yes. Yeah, so there's there's there's. Uh, you know, some good points and maybe not so good points. A lot of, 
lot of hockey. Yes, a lot of hockey, which is your language. <laughs> I suck at hockey. I'm horrible. Yeah. So yeah. You, so you grow you grew up there you have the your your world is taking a new shape. And then very early on you're involved with YWAM. Yeah, so at 19 is um I general I had this general I'm supposed to be in ministry calling on my life like I I just felt like whoa that's where I'm going to head sorry again anonymous. Yeah, yeah. Um so I headed so I was actually going to go to Kona but I met my what now wife Jennifer and she was from Washington state she came up we hosted her church during the winter olympics in 1988 yeah. in calgary yeah. witnessing buddies she told me about she's going to amsterdam okay and that she just, gets one glimpse of you and it's pretty much over <laughs> <laughs> so we so we both went there independently amsterdam ywam and then we both returned back there independently but that's where we dated okay so, so wait a second so did you chase her to amsterdam just no, for the record no 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 you said you were going to go to kona well but then you saw jennifer no it and then wasn't you, that it was more, I actually had a girlfriend at the time. Ooh, she thought wow, I was a compromiser. Like, oh, okay. You know, she thought people that my age had girlfriends were compromisers. So, oh, that's a good, um, good woman. Yeah. Uh, no, but we both went there independently. Okay. Um, her, her parents are getting a divorce. Okay. So it was like, so I didn't even know if I should pursue her or not. Her friend says, leave her alone. I ignored it, pursued her, and changed my life. She's now my best friend. Yeah. So, amazing. She's amazing. Oh, I yeah. can attest to that. Yeah. So then yeah. spent six years in Amsterdam. Uh, then we went and pioneered a new YWAM base in Budapest, Hungary, kind of. So the wall comes down, Eastern wow. Block comes down. Wow. We, That's we went bold. There. I mean, so you guys are, I mean, you guys aren't timid about, you know, you're not, you're, you're out there. You're kind of on the edges. Well, you don't, you don't know who you are half the time. But now it's, it's, I'm very comfortable with the idea that I do pioneer things. Yeah. Um, and I was attracted to pioneering ideas back then. Um, like I was, uh, YWAM Amsterdam had 350 staff, super well established, very established. Yeah. And I just felt like, oh my gosh, I'm doomed just to lead schools here. I and couldn't the bureaucracy. Do it. Yeah, yeah. I was just like, no. So, and, yeah. and for those who aren't fam familiar, uh, YWAM stands for Youth with a Mission. It's, yeah. a, it's a mission organization that's been going on, what, since the 60s or 70s. It was... Gosh, Lauren it Cunningham. It's just, I think it's over 50 years. Yeah, yeah but a huge, old. like, youth movement, mission-centered, yep. go into the world, yep. I, like, <laughs> we'll train you for three months, and, and then just shoot you, you anywhere. Yeah, it's crazy. Right. Um, crazy and, and a positive, positive crazy. experience for you. Positive experience for me, overall, yeah. Um, I really got to figure out who I was. Um, they really do believe in young people. Um, and so there's positives to that. And then there's also some crazy negative stories and it just depends on who's leading you. Right. You know what I mean? Can yeah. you develop and properly bring along young leaders or do you just throw them out there and hope they live? You know, so yeah. just all of those, there's tons of stories, positive and negative. Yeah. So it's 98. I'm in the rest. I'm in a wrestle 29 years old, disillusioned with God yet. I'm a missionary. So disillusioned in, in, in which way? Well, I was just like, come on, man. Like, um, I'm always a guy that what I feel, and so that's what's going on, positive or negative. And I just, you know, you're preaching the gospel. We're going into the former Yugoslavia. Um, back then, I was a Some tough sledding. Oof. And back then, I was a bassist. <laughs> yeah. In a in a band. Okay. I Whenever t somebody tells me they're in a band, I always have to ask, what was the name of the band? Because it's important. Well, sometimes you change the name. My wife of the band. hates the name when we came up oh, with it, and she's never changed it. So it was just 520. So 520. So, I believe. Better than 420. Yes. 100%. Okay. Well, 520. 100%. <laughs> because so, there, there's probably 20 you know bands called 420. Oh, but, yeah. Or, or, or this comes out of the Bible. Okay. 520. Second good. Corinthians 520, I believe it was. Um, wow. Yeah, so we did um, two super musical, gifted musicians, but not super organized. I can tend to at least get, I'm not sure I'm organized, well, but at least get things going. Yeah, well, like, usually the bassist is there for that reason, right? <laughs> <laughs> He's the guy who's managing the band, making sure the, the dollars and cents it, is working. It's kind of true. Yeah. You know, yeah, it's, that's hilarious. Yeah, actually. because no, because so. I, I, I ran into, it was, uh, we were hanging out with uh, the third day guys right and, okay uh, and you know mac powell's voice and then the, i can't i can't remember what the lead guitar but 
those guys are amazing. The drummer's amazing. I'm talking to the bassist. And uh, he's like, yeah, the bassist is the guy who just That's makes hilarious. it makes it work because like all these other guys are like actual real musicians. <laughs> <laughs> That's a hundred percent my story. I never played, and so I I I just taught myself the songs. Yeah, and then went from there. Yeah, and I I don't know if I ever really really embarrassed myself. Nah, you know what I mean? no, so it's it, it's it hard works. too when you're. A bassist. I have a little. It's kind of. I have hard. a little little rhythm and so it worked yeah. it worked just for us spend well, the note till it makes sense you know just <laughs> <laughs> so we would go in the crazy thing is though is you're traveling in some of these countries and you're an english band so you must be famous ah so we kind of yeah. but these guys were actually really good musicians so uh we got on to like nt mtv Wow. Serbia, Yugoslavia, radio stations, TV, all the okay. time. It was so easy to get onto those things. <laughs> like, so then we'd yeah. go play in a bar or a club three or four nights in different places. And then often we'd rent our own place. And that's where we'd preach the gospel. Okay. Yeah. And it was, I mean. That's cool. I mean, I'm yeah, sure it's not we easy. Had, we had some really powerful, you know, you, you really powerful times and, yeah. and just... It was, you know, we'd always collect people in whatever city we were in, and they would always, like, want to hang out with us, and we'd do coffee and do whatever. But Yeah. I mean, at that point in, in that part of the world, I mean, you're basically plowing ground because it's not like the gospel has been there be, being preached strongly. It's not like there's a bunch of churches no, there. No, it's, there were some, and they were kind of Pentecostal. Oh, okay. But they were very religious, uh, you know, and so, like, just survived communism type thing. Yeah. And, and so very religious. And so the, you know, young people didn't want to yeah. go to there and it and, just wasn't a place. And you're probably competing with, um, you know, divvying the difference between kind of Western Americanism sweeping through at the same time as you're doing the gospel and like, like, are these people here because they, they want a rock concert or they want, are they here totally. because yeah. And, I mean, and it sounds would, like you're, you're doing the rock the, concert We thing. would get them with the rock concert. And then, and then invite them later for the, for something else, like a gospel presentation. Yeah. Yep. And so we would do our sound. It was so funny. I can't believe we're talking about this, but kind of a Radiohead mm -hmm. sound. Yeah. That's where, that's where the real musicians were. That's what their love was kind of a little bit, not so much. It was like, Kurt Cobain Nirvana days, you know, yeah, so we kind of had, had the grunge sound. Yeah. It was actually a lot of fun. We would never play to massive sizes, like, you know, two, 300 people. Well, those were the, those were the best shows, you know, back in the day was, is the little bar totally. wherever, and it's packed out with, you know, 100, yeah. 200 people. It's so much fun. Um, the challenging part in all of it was um, you... I remember distinctly one time we did an outdoor gathering um, and we, inv this is where we invite people to, and then we preach. And I remember I was the one sharing the gospel and I felt so thin and I just felt so weak and the words were just hitting the ground in front of me. I had nothing to offer them yet. You see, it's a devastated people. War has just gone through there. We're in, this was in Sarajevo. Yeah. In Sarajevo in that day was just insane. I remember seeing a little six-year-old girl. Dad lifted up her shirt, and it was like a spider web of scars where wow. a sniper had shot her in the belly. So uh, you just, you wow. see this, and it was just yeah. devastation. Yet you have no authority, and what you're saying is more just a intellectual conversation but there's no power on my life and that that culminated that feeling culminated in a big outreach i was supposed to be leading in budapest we had like several dts's come together <clears throat> i'm supposed to be leading this 300 member there's 300 like three or four schools came together and i'm supposed to be leading the outreach part of it in budapest uh i got in a car accident that week my car got broken into that week i'm laying sick in bed like, and I just told the Lord, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. Wow. I can't, I, it doesn't, I don't feel right on the inside. And then my impact is almost nothing. I'm just busy. Yeah. And so that was actually what was the trajectory to get us out of YWAM and then also get us out of Europe. <clears throat> and so I wow. thought, I thought in my genius. And where, and where was Jennifer in, in that process. Was she kind of in the same place? Yeah, was she kind of like, you know, she was we're really busy, place. but we're, yeah. we're really 
then yeah, you just it's it's really good ideas. Basically, is all we were doing, and half yeah. the time they weren't good. <laughs> you know, yeah. so you're doing this stuff. Did you feel like it was an effective presentation of the gospel? Do you, do you feel like God was you like using as a presentation of hey, there's another kingdom. Like as much devastation as there is here, there's something higher. If you yeah, I mean, I had a pretty good, I had a a, a fairly sound approach you know, theological to preaching approach yeah. you know biblical approach yeah. to preaching the cross the yeah. resurrection you know I, I i i'm much more mature now in 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 what i would call the gospel but back then i i could absolutely deliver a message right but it for me it was just it was truly my inward dialogue there's a disconnect and i had no prayer life you had no you prayer know, yeah you're just, just ministering out of an empty 100%, emptiness 100% yeah. and so i know that feeling incredibly well right so that just just um for the the sake of the audience there might there might be somebody listening right now who has that very feeling that disconnect Mm -hmm. um and they're they're wondering like oh okay so you know if you i mean you know if you could go back and speak to yourself in that space Mm -hmm. well like what, what what are you telling people who are in that in that place uh, great question. Um, for me, um, if I was talking to myself now, I would say um, there's a different route. Um, the calling might be real on your life, but regardless of your calling, in regards to marketplace, whatever, um, you were made first and foremost to commune with God. And that's what took me a decade to find out in my 30s. And you are so the secret place dialogue that jesus taught on it's not just for the elite and it's just not a good idea we were made for this and when we don't do it life's not going to work right so when when jesus is pulling away like peeling off from his disciples saying hey, you guys chill here yep i'm climbing the hill over here yep i'll see you in a few hours just chill yep. uh, that's that's real it's so like so what happened was I'll give you just, so we leave Amsterdam, excuse me, we leave Budapest, and we think we're going to go take a church in in Atlanta, or actually, oh gosh, what's that city? Athens, Georgia. And we're going to go be, and I, because I thought my problem was, I shouldn't be doing parachurch, I should be doing church. So I want to learn how to plant a church, and that's why I feel this way. That's why it's not What's working. in Athens? Athens, Georgia, there was a pastor there good a a really good man and uh he invited us to go be small group pastors and missions pastors at his church so we made that plan so five days before we're supposed to leave hungry this was like dial up is just hitting the globe so (laughs) we're out it's we're out in the middle of this nowhere place nowheresville um doing a our last music festival and I get an email from the guy, from the pastor, great guy. I'm leaving, like, all of a sudden he resigns from his church and he's moving to another city. Uh, Sorry, the door's closed. So we literally have sold everything we own, sold our car, everything. It was such a chaotic time. And this guy who's speaking at the music festival shows up. His name's Terry Bennett. Never knew of him. Do you know Terry? I do. Yeah, okay. yeah. So, I, I, not not personally, but you know, yeah, him. Um, yeah. yeah. So he shows up at this event, and long story short, I go to him. Nobody will talk to him because they're prophetic people and they're scared of him. Seriously, it was so weird. So I just go walk up to him. Hey, man, I'm my name's Dwayne. He goes, Oh, you're Dwayne. Um, I got woke up two weeks ago in the middle of the night, and the Lord told me I was going to meet you, and. It, that just shocked me. Okay, because we don't know where we're going in five days. So, um, long story short, it was through that relationship. He didn't give us a prophetic word, moved to Kansas City, but it was through that we came to Kansas City to check it out. So, this is 1998. So, we moved here August of 98. And our goal was to be here for a year. And it was in that year we're going to, um, I wanted to get some more biblical study in me. And there, um, Mike Bickle had a church, and then he had a school, and Sam Storms was leading the school. And so I was just going to take studies for a year, and then I was going to go back and plant churches somewhere. And so uh, 
So that was the f- August of 98 we moved here. And and did you did you understand the nature? So um we knew nothing of Kansas City. Didn't, okay. Because, I, knew, I yeah. knew nothing of Mike Bickle. Right. Nothing. Because if if the issue that you're facing when you're in Hungary is that you're hungry for the Lord, like there, there's a there's a hunger for intimacy. Yeah. Without what better place than to be planted in Kansas, Kansas City, where that's like, you know, front and center. I mean, that was Mike's message yeah. back then. I, yeah. but we had. I mean, it was truly. Give us the anatomy of the uh, of the Mike Bickle message in regards to well, intercession. We, well, when intimacy. We sh- well, when we show up here, all he's teaching is Bride of Christ. He's studying John the Baptist messaging, but he's teaching Bride of Christ. So that's all he was teaching. So I show up here, and one of the classes that everybody's talking about is this. Song of Solomon class, and I'm like, what? What is that? I, I mean, it's just like I who have, studies that book? Yeah, and isn't like, that that's the apocrypha, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so actually, Jennifer had actually um, like cut her teeth in her face on on the on the book of Song of Solomon in the interpretation of this is between an individual and God and the story how to develop mature love. Um, what's her name? I can't remember the author's name. Uh, but she cut her teeth on that. So she knew I was like, what? I, it just, it was so foreign to me that, that approach to the scriptures. So I showed up here absolutely being led by the Lord. I didn't know anything about anything, prophetic history, nothing. Yeah. I didn't know anything. Yeah. So we came here just, we're going to be here for a year. And so that was August. I take classes during the fall and, and then January he starts teaching on, the house of prayer. And I'm like, what is that? You know, I, I, I had no grid for it. Yeah. I didn't even know. Like, you're, you're like in one of those video games where like, it's an entire world, but like you go into an area and it's like totally dark until you actually go into that area and start like looking around and like, you know, building stuff. Then all of a sudden everything in that area Opens just up. starts like, you're like, you didn't even know this side of the world even exists until you get to Kansas city. He starts. And then one of, uh, one of the things about Mike, even from the very, when I just started listening to him, um, cause he has, you know, has the incredible ability to articulate things that are inside of you that you've never heard anybody articulate before. So he says something and you're like, that's it. That that's mm-hmm. the words that, that I would use because it's already here. So he's already picking up, on these things, he's talking. He's talking about the house of prayer. What does he mean by the house of prayer? Well, it it was first of all. Let me just say this: I've raised in the church all my life. Dad, pastor, missionary, blah blah blah. When I get here to Kansas City, I've never heard anybody talk about Jesus the way he did. And actually, a little bit before I sold, I told Jennifer I need a hobby because I have no passion for anything. And when I heard Mike articulate Jesus it captured me. So I'm like, this is a, this is something I can be passionate for Jesus. And it's kind of sad that that was such a revolutionary idea, but it truly was to me. Mm. I, you know, it was being captivated by God being like fastened. Those were terms that I would, those are words I would not use in my relationship with in regards to the Lord, like not even close. So that was revolutionary. So he starts speaking on this prayer room and 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 so you know majority of the community knew this story where there'd been prophetic words about this day and night prayer room with singers musicians the bible singing and praying the scriptures i had no idea but he just starts talking on the need for prayer and the power of god resting on the church when people pray authority to preach the gospel signs and wonders and that's what captured me at first, to be honest with you. Like Luke 18, Luke 11, you, you pray and he answers. Mm-hmm. And so that's what captured me. Um, so the house of prayer, singers, it was like, what? You know, that, yeah, that and, part And of in it. those days, it is brand new. I, I mean, you're, you're coming when he's breaking ground yep. on the scene. So it, you're discovering these things together. I mean, I, I know... You know, Mike's probably had a vision for it for a long time, but how it works out in reality. I mean, he talks about being, you know, in meetings where guys 
they everybody wants to talk about prayer. Yep. Nobody wants to actually right. figure out how do you actually do this yep. thing called yep. prayer. Yep. And and Mike is saying this this is the vision. This is this is how we're actually going to be praying. Yep. And and and, and not like not like in a you know in an atmosphere that's actually enjoyable. We're at where people like actually enjoy because I remember, you know, in, in, when I first came here, I was a little bit struck because I was like, this is like this whole pacing thing. Like I, <laughs> I this is, this is the thing that I do like, you know, in my, in my closet, like this is, this is how I do it. Everybody's kind of doing what I do in my closet wow. together. Yeah, totally. Um, but it, it was like, but there's, there's something so spectacular about the saints in prayer together yep i mean it is it's it's like the closest thing i mean it's like the closest thing you have to heaven on earth is like everybody's fascinated with jesus everybody's exalting him worshiping him i mean it, it and to do that in a sustainable 24 yeah. 7 yeah. reality is unbelievable. unbelievable i mean up to that point if somebody would have told you yeah we're gonna be doing 24 7 prayer you'd be like okay cool enjoy like no it's i mean he was so re- like uh, I would use the word revolutionary on several topics, be- by introducing enjoyable prayer, connection with God as the sustaining factor of a prayer life, and it's not all about intercession. It's about being captivated with Him and thus praying from that place. Those were, those are now pretty actually. You know, in a in a hungry group of people, those thoughts exist in like globally within the yeah. body of in many places. Yeah. I'm not saying it's everywhere. Incredible. It's incredible the impact yeah. that he's had on that topic. Yeah, and but I, it was revolutionary. Yeah, and I think one of the one of the true strokes of genius, and 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 it just shows where his heart and his mind's at, is to ground prayer in the scripture, and that and that yep. goes right to you know how I actually first heard of you. Um, was a little CD called Apostolic <laughs> Prayers, totally. which you know, I, you know, I think, I, I think, you, you know, when you know you meet the Lord, He's going to show you just how much impact your ministry's had, and that and that little CD there, I think, had had a huge impact on my life. I know that, and I'm, I'm sure in the rest of the world. But just talk about ap, uh, the tying of because it'd be one thing if you know, everybody's in the room, you know, repeating, you know. Uh, you know, now I lay me down to sleep. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. Where it's just pointless, repetitive. What the Lord says, don't do that. Right. It's a very different thing than um, agreeing, aligning with Scripture, mm-hmm. praying it, mm-hmm. and then and then a- actually being a conduit of the kingdom of God through prayer, intercession, standing in the gap mm-hmm. for a nation. Yeah. That, and and uh, just just give just give a minute or two on what was where were where was your mind when you're when you're putting that together what what's happening like in the, you the the Abistol, yeah the yeah. city yeah well it was just a to be honest with you, it was a very simple initial idea because I had financial partners with us in YWAM and now I'm in this prayer room and they're having a hard time understanding what are you doing I does, what so. That was kind of the initial thought of why to make this CD. And so what I did was we went to a friend's basement and and he had a simple recording set up. And so we put the drums in another room. Oh, <laughs> Clo- so, oh, so, oh, so you actually recorded it in somebody's basement? Yeah, in the Hendricksons. They were a family. Yeah, I, no, mean, I remember them, yeah. Yeah, so they're an incredible family and, and they're having they're all over now in different okay, So That is so funny because I always imagined that that was happening in the prayer room. No, it was in a basement. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. And so I gathered, you know, yeah. and we just we just built some, uh, you know, some chord progressions for for the prayers, and then so I just prayed it. I just prayed, abs- I mean, prayers, biblical prayers, absolute prayers, and then singers and just sang just hit them. hit hit on that because I think there's so much power in just adopt. Like, what did Paul pray? Yeah. And that's just, you know, back then it was a truly like this is where I think Mike had so many interesting. Uh, thoughts and it was from him doing prayer for many years and trying to figure out how do I first of all how do I enjoy this and then second of all how do we build something that an entire room can engage with and so that's where when you go into a prayer meeting and there's no 
boundaries, people pray everything. It's just, and then you lose the room. Yeah. But this is where the Holy Spirit has endorsed this already. Paul prayed them they're in the word of God. And so thus I can pray with confidence that I know I'm praying the will of God. And it's biblically based. It's God-centered prayer. So there's all these things that Mike put into their initial harp and bowl, what he calls it, the harp and bowl model. But it's just into the model of IHOP's prayer room. And so praying the scriptures was, for me, I it gave me faith. Like, I know that I can pray this, and I know the Father's listening to me. And when you have those two things grounded in you, then perseverant prayer, which is highlighted by Jesus, it's possible. You can stay there because there's faith. And that's what was exploding in my understanding. Teaching on the throne room and my voice is being heard in the throne room. That's outrageous. Little old dorky Dwayne. God's yeah. listening to my prayers. Acts, you know, Isaiah 64, he responds. He acts on behalf of those who do this. It's insanity. And so it gave us faith. And so yeah. I just, and those, like that first CD, um, no digital platforms. It was just out of the trunk. We sold over 50,000 of those CDs. It's amazing. It's amazing. <laughs> and because I listened to it, I actually just listened to it recently. The music is like not very good. <laughs> the recording <laughs> quality is not very good. Yeah. But the singers are, I mean, still, I yeah. listen to it. I'm going, oh my God. And who are some of those singers? Uh, Misty, Julie Maya, Meyer, Sarah Huff. Yeah. I don't even know where Sarah is today. And they're, and they're singing in the basement with you. They're with me, yeah. So it was just us in a room. And, and uh, yeah, it was, it was funny. And then we did two more. One of the Song of Solomon and uh, around, you know, some of the verses in, in the Song of Solomon. And then we did another Apostolic Prayers. Yeah. Crazy. So the, the, the net effect of um, agreeing with scripture and yep. basically just telling God what he's already yep. said yep. and just saying, Hey, we agree. We you, you promised yes. we are, we're asking you to bring it to pass. Yep. You know, we're asking you to, to, to take uh, our weak voice yep. and listen and do what you said you will do, you know, and then, you know, of course, you'd think like, oh, this surely revival just broke out right then, right? Right, 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 totally. And that's just where, <laughs> that's where for me, um, I really have now a paradigm of perseverance. So Jesus highlights it twice in, in Luke, um, Luke dialogue twice around, Luke 11, Luke 18. That is part of, part of the life of prayer is actually you keep asking. So it's a little depressing because we don't like that. But um, when you get what you're praying for, it is actually the prayers that prepare you for what's coming because you can't. Give it's, a minute on that. Well, it's. What happens in the heart yeah, while, while you're exercising just, that muscle. To me, it's more, it's more my experience. I'm speaking now from my experience, testimony wise. It has been the thing that has mostly transformed me is unanswered prayers under promises, unanswered. And so the journey to get you ready. So in the place of prayer, you have to wrestle with God. Why are you not answering, answering me? And what is this all about? And in it, if you stay in the pocket and you stay, keep asking, I really believe there's a massive transformation that happens. And no longer is your greatest focus the end, your answered prayers. What my testimony has been, my end now is God. And the glory and truly the, the enjoyment of connecting with him and him being my all, him being my reward, him being the focus, yet you still need to stay persistent in intercession. And so that to me, those are the, that's what's happened to me. Now it's no longer my ministry or revival is the goal. Mm -hmm. That has been the biggest transformation. Now I pray first and foremost to connect with God. And then absolutely though, I still want to um, intercede. Yeah, there's a, there's a, you know, it, it may be not so subtle, but maybe at the time seems subtle, a shift that happens where God is a means to some other end that you're trying to get at. I think that's mostly what people do today, if we're going to be honest with you. Happiness is my goal. Peace is my goal. And hopefully God can get me there. And if he doesn't, then next up, right? Like, <laughs> hopefully I mean, it's not that bad. But I mean, I think it's, it's pretty much, I mean, a very simplified, very, very general 
but I think it's mostly help people pursue God today. If God can help me get yep. what I what I really want, yep. um, yeah, and, and and that's a massively general statement. Yeah, but I think and we're all guilty of it at at yeah. some level, and, sure. and God God knows it when it's happening yep. far better than we do. Yeah. But you're saying you, you have through the years have God has shifted something in your heart where it's like God, I'm yours, mm-hmm. and as long as I'm meeting you. Like I still want your kingdom and your 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 gospel, and I want to see you know your will be done on earth. I st- I'm not going to give up on that, yeah. Because that's something that you know that's our inheritance, mm-hmm. right? And that mm-hmm. and we know there's a there's a there's a certainty that that is going to happen. Right. It's a matter of timing. It's a matter yep. of a bunch of stuff that happens between <laughs> between now and then. But there's a there's a groaning that is in the creation itself that's longing for the son of God to, to come back yes. and make this place right. Right. And, uh, but there's, you know, a, a bunch of crap needs to hit the fan and all sorts of things are going to kind of fall apart. But in the meantime, God's, God's actually raising me up to be a faithful companion for his son. Mm-hmm. Cause that ultimately that's what he's after. Right. A companion for his son that goes on into eternity you know, and, and then this this little blip of life that we made such a big deal about is largely just forgotten outside of just our faithful obedience to him. Like whatever level we were actually to entered into that faithful obedience, that's what's gonna be remembered. 100%. All of us chasing all this chasing all the other stuff, yep. It's gonna be gone. A hundred percent. Like I, I I've been reading um a book recently on the topic of what is gnosticism look like in our day and i think it's we're we're going we've come back around and it's all about us it's all about our happiness and it it's dressed up differently than the first kind of you know entry of gnosticism but uh it's all about us and how can god satisfy me and first and foremost um he's the lord and i'm submitted to him my life is about glorifying him, not about me being happy and content. I think those are byproducts of me following the Lord and being subjected to him and his purposes, his commands. I love his commands, thus my soul is at peace. You know, it's a very different paradigm, you know. Yeah. But that's not, I mean, we're getting off there, but. No, no, that, I mean, that's much, why we're here. But very much that's where I feel a lot of the gospels even taught. Jesus can help you live a better life. Sure. Or, 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 you know, um, even in the promise of ministry, right? I mean, even Mm. that has a a hook and lure of, of in, in and of itself, um, which usually can boil down to, um, notoriety or influence where, you know, what we think, um, might be a pursuit of God actually turns out to be, you know, just a, a, a lust for popularity, you know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day. And then we like anything else, whether it's ministry on a a platform or a, a Super Bowl ring or whatever the pursuit is when it's not God himself, Mm -hmm. it, it leaves us strangely empty and we're, we're left with scratching our heads going, what was, what was I doing back there? Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. It's very much. And I think it's part of, you know, it's just hanging out with my son this morning. We're reading Genesis and it is the template of God. Often he doesn't capture us with himself. He puts in front of us promise, but it's the journey of promise where the greatest amount of transformation takes place. And my priorities get set correctly. So I'm not even saying the starting place that we begin our journey with God is, is the motivation often might be wrong. But God uses that to shift our priorities. Yeah, and pain is the greatest place to find God. Yeah, and and, and along those journeys, even if you're, you know, need to be recalibrated, God will still use your efforts yes. because He's so gracious. Yes, absolutely. And He'll He'll be like, yeah, you know, you're in it for a lot of the wrong reasons back there. Yet, I had purposes that you weren't even aware of. 100%. And I'm using your voice. I'm using your example. Yep. Because there is a level of faithfulness there. There is a level of faith and an activity of the Spirit, an activity of God's grace that comes through so many 
ways that even if we look back and go, my goodness, did I just blow a, like a decade? Mm-hmm. God's like, eh, not really, mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. actually I am the one supervening your efforts. Even right. though you you may have been left with an emptiness there, that is only to train your heart for the season that's ahead. Yep. Right. And yep. so 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 you you know you come up you're selling fifty thousand CDs. That's pretty cool. I mean, that, no, probably the Lord you, breathed on. I'm, it, guess, I'm guessing 520 didn't didn't sell no. fifty thousand CDs. <laughs> no, we didn't, we didn't sell that many. <laughs> so is that? I mean, that. So you're seeing an activity of of God and God using you, and you're um, what is kind of how to give us the, the steps of progression as you're making your way in, in ministry at that point. Yeah. Um, First of all, the greatest impact that I was seeing with learning how to pray was actually a like my my pain of having nothing to say with authority. I am now seeing that when I talk about God, I have a little zip on my life. Is you know, I I I, I feel like I'm speaking a little bit from experience with some authority to talk about what I'm happening in my life, and so so very different than what you were experiencing oh gosh, yeah. back in so minister so teaching preaching from the place of revelation from the place of communing with the lord i'm seeing oh my gosh this is this is this is how i was made to this is what it looks like and so um in those early days we we did a a young adult conference and uh the first year it was called pursuing god with all your heart mind and soul you know it's this ridiculously long name conference (laughs) yeah Yeah. it was pink and purple uh, needed to tweak some of those marketing approaches word and that was mike that was mike. that was my mike which mike was generally kind of wordy 100 and not very, very in touch with effective 100%, marketing 100%. <laughs> which i'm sure he would own if he was yeah, here yeah for sure it's not his power <laughs> uh so long story short i end up leading you know directing this young adult focus of ihop's ministry and it, it, it became real quickly a ministry called a conference called one thing and so we ended up doing regional ones around the nation. So mo- a lot of people understand one thing or the significance of it. Yeah. A lot of people will not. Right. Where, where does that so come it's from? A good question. Uh, it's based out of a promise the Lord gave Mike out of Psalm 27, verse 4. And it's where King David is, one thing I desire is to gaze on the beauty all the days of my life and from that place to inquire of him. And so it's just being fascinated with God. And that would be passion for Jesus. It's under that banner. And so we kind of just made that one thing I have desired and making it, making your desire actually singular around knowing Jesus. Yeah. And so that's, that was the introductory message of intimacy, connection, fascination with the Lord. Um, And it, and it blew up like, well, it hit a bullseye because it did, you know, like a lot of folks probably grew up like you did not, hearing passion for Jesus articulated this way, not even understanding that maybe this was even possible. Mm-hmm. Here you guys are not just doing it, you're articulating it, you're living it, and all of a sudden now you're hitting a bullseye. That's, yeah, that is- it, it resonated with much of the body of Christ in, in you know, more the charismatic stream. We had, you know, 20, 25,000 people coming at the end of the year for a three-and-a-half-day conference, and then you know, doing regionals in different parts of the nation. And I mean, I loved it. It was just because I got to it's use 20,000. Yeah. 20,000. I mean, I think a couple of years we had 25,000 come. 25,000. Yeah. So, so, I mean, back in Hungary, it was like maybe you got 200. 200 in a room. Yeah. Was, <laughs> or we played a lot. I mean, we had all different sides, but lots of times, yeah. 50, 75, 100 right. people. Never, never 20,000. No. So you, you're definitely leveling, I mean, leveling up on, on, a, on, a, on a, in a couple of different dimensions. Your the reality that you're experiencing in God has found a new spot. New spot. Yeah. You know, so the delight of the Lord over my heart, God likes me, loves me. Those were really revelations to me. And then from that place, I found grace to step into part of who I think I was made to, what I'm made to do. Right. And, and so you're, you find this place in God where you're yep. making him your one thing is yep. the, the thing, the great desire. And that was really the prayer of your heart. Like when you're saying, I need a, I need a hobby. Yes. You're basically saying, I just want Jesus to be real. 100%, yep. and if he's real, I'll go all out. And all of a sudden, boom, he's real. Yep. You're living that reality. You're ministering from that reality. Yep. And now you're actually 
articulating, like you said, with some zip or some spirit activity. Yes, yes. And you're you're pounding a target that's really not being hit by, largely by American ministers. Yep. And so I imagine the effect. Then you're saying twenty thousand are showing up to the One Thing Conference. They're showing up from um, all over the all over the nation on, for for regionals. Um, and you're seeing you're seeing a lot of impact on what God's called you to do. Is that how, where, where what kind of a, when you look back at that space, mm-hmm, I mean, that's a mm-hmm. kind of a highlight mountaintop for sure. Reality. Yep. What would you say to yourself? Man, you're asking me lots of good questions. I haven't thought about this in a long time, but you know, you're in your thirties. Um, I was in my late thirties when like mid to late thirties, when things started to really grow. And <clears throat> part of my, part of my motivation is I, I always wanted to do grow more. And so part of my problem, I think, and even in some of that days is I was never content. I couldn't rest with what I saw with what was happening. And I always wanted to grow more. And so that's in some ways a negative, I think of me, but, um, the message of one thing was, beginning to take root and so i'm so grateful that god helped me get there and so i can say that mike is one of the most humble leaders i've ever met and so i would watch him preach an incredible message deliver the word of the lord to you know thousands of twenty five thousand people and then he just walks away and it doesn't touch him that so impacted me that I, I tried to live that. And I think I did okay with that. Just, you know, in the, in the power of the, of the rhythm of the house of prayer, it's fascinating. You would do this big event with 25,000 people, December, you know, 28th, all through the new, new year's Eve. And then the first Monday of every month, you Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, there's a fast. And so you just had this unbelievable high. Yeah. And then you go crash to a prayer room and you fast, <laughs> fast for, for three, three days. days. And I think yeah. it was actually brilliant for me. Yeah. You touch your humanity, you know, Tuesday at four. Yeah. You're grumpy and you want to hit everybody. So that was, that was really, it, it was so neat. Like, yeah. The Mike is an amazing example. But I remember, like, I remember the New Year's Day and being at some event and, like, rolling in at whatever, 8.30 in the morning, and Mike had just come back from the prayer room. The prayer room. Totally. 6 a.m. to 8 a.m. Yes. The very morning where he was, like, preaching, you know, yes. four hours before yep. for a, an extended period of time, yep. an exhausting conference has been, like, a four-day conference, yep. right? Yep. And here he is, 6 a.m. in the prayer room seeking God. Isn't it crazy? Just, it's amazing. But, but it's a powerful you know, it's just a powerful um, example that it really did impact me and it gave me enough of a vision of how I want to live before the Lord and live before men. And so that that to me was actually, um, uh, would be a part that I'm very grateful for. And then second of all, when you're in the midst of something that has life on it, it's just, for me, it was often hard to sit and enjoy it. And, and I don't even know how you how you enjoy some of it, but but for me it was, um, it was also just fun. though. you know, yeah. I'm getting to learn how to preach, but then also just I'm getting to use my leadership skills. I love to market. I love to okay, what's the story, and now how do you tell the story? And that was very much. I didn't know this back in the time, but I I liked that, and I was kind of good at it. So all of those things I'm doing, and I'm in, I'm feeling satisfied in my job. Let me say it that way, and that's often what the problem is. You're so unsatisfied in your job. Yeah, you know. Yeah. And so I'm super grateful now. Yeah, I was really stupid, and I prayed a prayer, and I said, uh, "Father, if anything comes between me and your son, I'm I would like I I give you permission to humble me." take it away, strip me, humiliate me, uh, because I will not go into eternity dull um, and stand before Jesus with dullness in my heart. And when you pray, you better make sure you know what you're praying. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? So the Lord, yeah. in his kindness, he was very kind, but it, but that was my first crisis. 
Um, I won't go into the details, long story short, but in, in a matter of a very short amount of time, I'm no longer leading the conference. The conference is still going on, but I've disappeared. Yeah, and up to that up to that point, I mean, you're the front man, you're the face of it largely. Yeah. I mean, I mean, Mike is using uh, I, it as a platform to preach and teach. Right. No, and Mike you, Mike was very central. Alan Hood was yeah. always preaching. So, right. but but I was the guy telling the story, you yeah. know, out front telling the story of what we're going and what we're about. And so a lot of young adults were coming, you know, through the one thing and so i was the guy you know the regionals i was the host always and stuff blah 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 so but it was i mean it had it had kind of taken up residence in your identity at some level for sure yeah um and that's painful yeah and you know like it's it's the heart is a tricky thing because if you would have asked me i would have said no i think i'm doing pretty good but it really wasn't what wasn't so confusing in that season for me was actually losing my title. It was more how it happened and what it did within me. And so I'm just going to be honest. I'll just kind of open my heart here. I had a, a huge, I, one of my major issues in my twenties and thirties was fear of man. And I sought the the play the 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 affirmation of leaders and i didn't know it was so powerful in me that that was a goal is to be affirmed by leaders and mike was the strongest leader in my world by far all my peers we were all about basically the same age and so seeking his affirmation became i mean i didn't even know it but the father said um, he has too loud of an influence in your life, and I have I don't have enough, and so I'm going to break, and so I'm going to break that soul tie that you have with Mike Bickle, and that was just I had no idea I couldn't articulate anything. I just knew what has just happened. So actually losing the platform, it was uh, totally. But what was more pain and more disillusioning was actually my relationship with Mike. I couldn't figure this thing out and it's got tons of details and I, yeah. I don't want to share sure, those, but, sure. but it, that's was more, yeah. it was crushing to me. It crushed you. So if I, I went on a four year journey, three and a half year journey of trying to figure out what just happened. I yeah. wanted to leave IHOP. I wanted to move from away from, and the Lord wouldn't let us. And long story short, um, an older gentleman, um, it was, you know, my sister, I'm in incredible pain. My sister goes, Hey, I want my friend to pray for you. And I'm like, no, I want everybody to pray for me. I don't want to talk to anybody. And she goes, no, let him pray for you. And, uh, he just said, you're in the most pain of your life. I don't know what it is, but don't pay attention to the circumstances. Don't put your energies there. Don't waste your energies there. Um, God wants to relay the very foundation of your life. And that gave me enough of a, you know, a, a direction to go. Mm-hmm. And so that began a very painful journey in my life, but a much needed ger- aspect where God, where that soul tie with any man would be broken mm-hmm. and he would be the, I would have a healthy fear of God, not of man. Yeah. Yeah, and, and that was the part that was actually more bewildering to me um, than I'm, I'm just being honest. Like not leading the conference was dis was disappointing or whatever, but it wasn't it wasn't even close to my main wrestle. Wow! So and the that, yeah. so that speaks of the massive void in my life and the massive the amount of fear of man I had. Well, huge and, issue in my and, life. And, and, you know, it also speaks to how much Mike means to you, right? I mean, my, as right. a, as a guy, as a, as a, as an example, as a leader, um, you, you had, you had, you know, taken his cues, uh-huh. you had looked at his life and you, you know, said inwardly, like this, this is what I want to do. This is right. like what he's doing. I want to do that. Yep. And, and you, we're able to kind of step into a role where your gifts and what God has called you to do kind of all mesh together yeah. and you're, you're operating in like a fullness of, of who, who God has called you to be, but you've do, done it 
um, under the leadership of a of a of a man of God who you highly esteem, yeah, and you're you're probably thinking in your mind like I, I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. 100%. Like this is yep. this is I've, I've I've set my feet here. This is this is what I want to do, and and so when you're thinking of your call, your gift, what God is going to do through your life, you're thinking of it in terms of like, well, yeah, Mike's going to be there, and I'm going to be here, yep. and we're going to figure this thing out, and yep. we're always, and then God says. You know what? Um, I'm gonna. I'm about to make your prayer life more real to you totally. than you can even imagine, because you are in in at in some respects you're you're in Mike's wake. You know, like Mike's oh, Mike's dr- driving 100%. this thing. You're in yep. his wake. I'm raising up leaders that are going to go pioneer things. Mike's got his calling. He's going to do what Mike's called to do. Yes. But Dwayne, I'm not calling you to stay in that wake. It's that's a great way of picturing it. But I was not near smart enough to understand that, and I, I told I was so confused I couldn't figure out my what was taking place in my soul, in my emotions, and in my thinking. I couldn't understand it. And now today, I feel like I have a lot more clarity on what the issues were. Um, but back then, it was just disillusioning and bewildering. And so I was in a lot of pain. And so I just traveled the nations. And so in those days, I traveled like 100 to 130,000 miles a year going internationally to Asia, Europe, all over the place. So you have a message now. You have a, you have some reality in God. I'm, yep. I imagine you're ac- the difficulty of the circumstances is actually making your roots grow deeper. Absolutely. In this season yep. because of the pain. Like yep. there's no, like there's, there are times where God puts you in a position where there is no, like he allows you no space to run anywhere else, yep. but to him yes. in a very deep, pain, like just out of the, just the pain yes. of what's going on. And my, one of my strengths, but also, you know, it can be a massive weakness is I'm all or nothing. So when I stepped away from that title at IHOP, I, I resigned from everything. And so I just walked away. I said, okay, man, if this is what God wants to do, I'm not going to focus on the details. I'm just going to quit and go after what God, what do you want to do? And so I tried, you know, I did my best to try and navigate that. So in traveling, um, I know that I have a, 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 you know, because I've lived a little kid. I've lived in, what is it? I think I've lived in six countries on four continents. So that's a very rich life, but also like, I know that there's part of my even inheritance in the future is in the nations. And so I was doing that and then I'm in wrestle trying to figure things out. And so what I, what was beautiful is the Lord speaks to Jennifer in a very crazy way, 2000, 2011, late 2011, but mostly 2012 were to move. We end up moving to Brazil 2013, but in it, Mike and I um, have a conversation that was really kind of tied things up for me on that season. And it was very powerful where we talked through what happened and really my heart's clean, his heart's clean. It was amazing. And, and so I'm super grateful for that as I transitioned out and we moved to Brazil. Um, what I found though, <clears throat> the fruit of all of that is I no longer cared what Mike Bickle thought about me. And that was actually super important where he no longer had a voice in my life. Now, I love, honor him. He would be my spiritual father in regards to his teaching, his lifestyle. I, I love it and honor him. But the Lord did such a deep work that the pain of all of that, I now, I have a father. And I, he's the one that I fear. And he's the one I look to be affirmed by. That was revolutionary. But when I was in Brazil, I found out, man, I can build my own wake using that language. Yeah. yeah. And and so, I mean, even, I mean, we're kind of making our way up a kind of a roller coaster totally, totally. type of uh, experience here. We're leading to something pretty cool. It's just take us a long time to get there. <laughs> Which there's no, I mean, there's no rush. I'm going to, I'm going to step quick picture. Yeah. Well, totally, I got you man. here. There you go. Um, I'll, I'll post that on the, so perfect, that gotta, perfect, somebody perfect. knows what you look like. Um, there's really probably no way to talk yourself out of your relationship with Mike during those. There's, there's nothing you could go back and say like, Hey, 
you, you really need to, you know, refocus your life because you're, you're in for a, a, a painful disillusionment mm-hmm. that maybe Mike's taking up too much yep. of space in your heart, in, in your mind. I mean, there's obviously we're called to a, you know, a f- all out love, but there's, there's, there's a, there's a difference between well, how, where would you draw that line where you say like, um, boy, you know, I absolutely love and adore Mike, but maybe there was, I was looking to him too much in what way? Like, in in what way would you say, like, man, if I would have dialed something back a little bit, I might have been in a little bit of better shape. Is that even fair to say? Or is no, that- it's, yeah, it's a great question. I think, you know, even right now, a guy in Brazil wants us wants me to work with him, and he actually wants to build a business down there around the topic of spirituality and emotional health, emotional intelligence. And so that's become now a... a emotional intelligence has now become a very, you know, uh, talked about discussion around that. But back even like the early 2000s into the mid, you know, 2008, 2009, it wasn't much of a conversation, but it was this topic of inner healing. That was very much the language of the church. But I really believe that I lacked affirmation, just basic lacked. I had almost zero affirmation in many, if different seasons of my adolescence into my teenage years. And so that created a massive void in me. And so I sought the approval of leaders. And that was more important than the voice of God and in my soul, in my identity. Wow. And that So I mean I mean, God could see that in you. I had, and, I and like see he, it all. he he could see that deficit in your heart yep. and then how that might um, attached to something, yep. you know, in a yep. way that was not healthy, mm-hmm. certainly not over a lifespan. hundred um, percent. You might be able to pull it off for a few years, but like over like a whole, you know, the, the arc of your, the, the story of your life. Yep. Cause like, no, we actually have to deal with this yes. and it's actually going to be a painful um, experience. Um, you're, you're, you're blind to it. You're, you're just thinking like, Hey, this is just who I am. God's like, I, I actually, we actually need to go into some surgery here. Yes. And, uh, and, and so you, you and Jennifer, I mean, I imagine she, she is probably just as kind of confused and. Yeah, we were, she was definitely confused. Um, she was on her own journey, um, in regards to somewhat the Lord was doing with her, but it was very disillusioning, very confusing. I'm so grateful for the message that I had learned up till then on, on Jesus um, and so helpful. Um, but, but also, you know, you're, you're chasing your promises, you're pursuing God, the call of God, you know, and this applies in my opinion, when I say pursuing promises, call of God, I could have been a businessman or a educator. There's promises. So it's, it's no different. I'm in the profession of ministry, full-time ministry, but it's no different if you're in business pursuing your promises, same thing. So that's where I was at, um, but I but in Brazil, um, that got broken in me. So you 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 were traveling around basically, but your home base was in Kansas City for a while, or, yes. or you're saying after okay. one thing after one yeah, thing. After so you, one you thing, spend what a year or two traveling? Actually, three three yeah, four years. Okay, four yep. years traveling around carrying the one thing message. Yeah. And largely just, yeah largely yeah intimacy with god communion with the lord but mostly that message yeah yeah and and are you are you are, do you ever go back to the place where you were in hungry where you're like like i feel thin i feel like this is there a disconnect or, had, or, or have you well, was, was that connection strong i was, still? I was great i had i had communion with the lord where i i knew i could figure out how to feed myself but the clarity on my on my because it's, I wouldn't call it a codependency. I was more, um, it to me, it falls on a more of fear man, and that need for to be affirmed by different voices um, more than I should be. That's where I was living, so I didn't have that clear. And so my tendency, as I say, is go all in. And so, you know, the Lord knows us, and so He says, "Okay, Dwayne, I'm going to take and move your entire family to Brazil." That's radical. At 44, I left. That's craziness, man. Like to yeah. pioneer something at 44 in a new country is just. So I had some communion with the Lord. Uh, yeah. Fasting was a part of my life. 
So um, resolution with Mike got brought, with IHOP got brought, and it wasn't even, I didn't have anger or any of that stuff, just, but everything's good, and the Lord launches us again into another, what I'd call another season of my life in Brazil, which is a whole nother story, but, but he profoundly spoke. I mean, I've never had so much, quote unquote, prophetic encouragement, I'm going the right direction, as we did moving to Brazil and while we were in Brazil. And so that was very real to me. So as maybe as, as difficult as some of those, I mean, it's, it's going to be difficult no matter how you, you know, do that. Because yes. I mean, 44, you're not a, you're not a spring chicken anymore. No, no. You don't know the language. Yep. You, you're probably totally unfamiliar with the culture, yep. much less church culture. Yep. Um, and you're navigating relationships at, at different levels and probably none of them are coming at an angle that you're expecting or have maybe are even equipped to really <laughs> handle. Yep. Um, and, and so I, I don't, I, I don't think there's a, a way that you could make that move without it being difficult on, on another, on a bunch of different levels. Um, but you're confident that this is where the Lord's called you. This it is was, it. It was undeniable. Um, there's a part of me where I didn't want to move internationally. And then there was a part of me where adventure with my family sounded, you know, fun, exciting. And there was amazing parts of the, of our time in Brazil. Amazing. But it's just, you're planting a, something new. Cause I said, they don't need another church. There's tons of churches in Brazil. They don't need another one, but a prayer room. Okay. I I'll do that. So it's a new idea, a new right. concept in the nation. Um, mostly, most of the nation doesn't even know IHOP at that time. Oh, they did a little bit, but not a ton. Most of Brazil does not speak English, so even tying in, all of that was new, new, new. So it's like, and that's where I said I am drawn to pioneering things. I'm yeah. beginning to figure that out. So we started in a living room, started prayer meetings in our living room. Um, and this was 2013 we moved down there. Um, and... You know, our first public meeting was actually the service, the church service, but we did months of prayer meeting in our living room. Um, and 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 in that, it's it was so clear we're supposed to be there. So I knew I had that confidence in me, and it was my season to stretch my wings. Yeah. Move out of father's house, move out of dad's house, uh, and now see what you're called to do. Yeah. And you begin yeah. to hone your skills. Due to the length of this interview, we need to stop it there, but this is just part one of my conversation with Dwayne. I pick up in part two and we go into detail about the house church movement and his involvement in that movement. So please check out part two right after this. That concludes this episode of the Babylon Singularity Podcast. We hope this podcast was a blessing to you. This podcast is listener supported. Prayerfully consider visiting BabylonSingularity.com to support this effort. What we do, we do together. We appreciate every way you support this ministry. Please click on the subscribe button and leave us a review. Thank you for listening and we sincerely hope you join us next time on the Babylon Singularity Podcast. Babylon Singularity is a gospel ministry of Harvest Winds.